play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> I've been using bike flights for many years. I just love having a lot of organization in my life. So if I can put... Welcome back to 88.3 WCTs. After further review, uh, I had to go out of town this weekend. So I had to tape the show for you. So we had uh, Frank Bashner calling with his power play now we got david the man of god harris on the phone lines here as uh he's uh back in the uh co what are you doing right now uh david uh what's uh going on with you man no just enjoying a relatively kind of balmy day kind of mixed up for overcast skies so just relaxing indoors you know always sports on the mind yeah what happened last week david we thought you were going to call in and uh you got a little busy yeah, last week I thought I could call in and then got an emergency call into work. So I was like, well, we'll just try again next week. So. All right. And it actually, a lot of things went on this week as uh, gambling now is nationally. You can actually bet on games now. Before it was, I think it was state to state and it was a federal law where you couldn't really bet on games. But now you can go to the casino, do a little Russian roulette, and then, you know, maybe put a couple dollars on one of your favorite teams or, you know, favorite players and uh, start doing betting that way. And, David, you had a – your uh, what's, what's your analysis of that? Yeah, kind of going kind of by leagues, thinking about the four major sports, I think this is a huge victory for kind of the professional sports because they've been speaking for a while about the potential of having legalized sports gambling to – have some kind of revenue go back to the state rather than kind of the in the shadows, kind of illegal gambling run by mafia. So I'm thinking in the four major sports, this is, hey, this is another business is booming because you already know with fantasy sports where there's already all kinds of fantasy leagues where, hey, they're going, you know, $10 in a pool here, $20 in a pool here. You know, thinking about all these big games where it's, hey, I'll bet so-and-so over under points. And then it's already happening, so now it's just on the legalized front. And I think we saw one example of this this past week, thinking of kind of NBA playoffs in the first round between Golden State and Houston. Like, that late game fouling to make sure that the total over-under got the over, like, that's what it's going to look like for legalized sports betting when it, when it becomes official in in the state of Texas when they're allowed to, you know, gamble in those games. It's basically, hey, we're going to foul here just to get over that point total, or, you know, we're going to take these last-second shots if we know that we're close to the line. So we already got a little glimpse of that within the NBA playoff format. And so I know a lot of people were up in arms, kind of, you know, ticked off, 
that Houston kept fouling over and over and over again when the game was pretty much over and it had already been decided at that point. But then thinking NFL, you already know it's a multi-billion dollar business. You know all the prop bets that happen every Super Bowl. Now if we can have legalized, like, hey, we're going to bet half the overall game quarter, who's going to get the first you know, pass completion, all, all these other kind of prop bets have this added incentive to now, hey, we're going to manipulate this in a way to get the revenue. But I really think the sports gambling is really going to hit hardest for the NCAA. And, of course, they immediately went out and pitched the public statements of like, hey, we're going to need, you know, to regulate this out the wazoo. Because, don't know if you're aware of this, but point shaving in NCAA in college basketball kind of has happened before. It's not as though it's not been a thing. There have been major cases of point shaving. We know March Madness is its own beast in terms of sports gambling. But as I was kind of thinking about it over the week, I'm thinking, one, if you're not going to pay the players and you have now where, again, state by state, can decide whether to legalize sports gambling in that specific state. Now you're giving these students, these student athletes, the opportunity to, from a legal federal standpoint, say, hey, if I want to bet on a game, the federal government says I can't. Believe what the NCAA says. Like, because the NCAA has already lost to the feds once in terms of trying to do the, uh, um, the Adidas scandals and all these other kind of insider trading and all this money on the table stuff. So they've already run into the into the, or the feds with this. So I doubt that they would want to get into a longstanding argument with the Supreme Court and the federal government over sports gambling and student-athletes. And so while, again, you're not going to probably see you know, point shaving at the big schools like Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina because, again, we all know that those guys are getting paid on the table anyway, so they don't need the money. But thinking about the smaller schools, thinking about the Toledo, where, oh, by the way, there was a pretty recent case of point shaving at the University of Toledo. And so think about these other small schools where if it's there, and the opportunity is there, and they see all their friends gambling on college athletics, and, hey, just have a bad game, you know, we'll pay you so-and-so much. Or even the, the possibility or the potential of, hey, I'm going to bet on myself, and if I know that there's a line, say, over or under 10 points, hey, if I go out and have nine, I'll just say, oh, I wasn't feeling it today. Meanwhile, you know, money in the pocket. Like, I'm not saying that that's the mentality of every student athlete, but there are those that if given the opportunity and the potential to do a little point shaving, if it means, hey, I can have a little pocket change since I'm not going to get paid while I'm in college, that's alluring. That's enticing. So the NCAA has its hands full right now. Well, yeah, well, David, you're kind of assuming that now that this this rule. I mean, you don't think that this stuff is already going on. I mean, let's face it. I mean, th- is there going to be integrity issues all the time? Well, yeah, but now that this is now 
rule has gone into effect, now all of a sudden people are thinking, oh, now is this going to be prevalent that these kids are going to try to point shave now? And it's just like, well, either it's uh, if, if it's going to happen after the rule, it was probably going on before the rule. We already know that, you know, stuff like that has happened. And therefore, uh, it could still be going on. I mean, the last case, I believe, of this going on was since 2010, I believe. I know the Toledo had the 2008 case against them, and there was another school that got caught in 2010. But I guess, I don't know, I just how I just see it is is that, you know, it's, it, it starts to become more of an integrity factor, I believe. And I just think that uh, if the kid's going to do it, he's going to do it do it no matter what either illegally or illegally so i don't really think those things can really be correlated to with each other if with this new law coming into effect where they could just do that well i mean i'm like of course there's point shaving that happens all the time like i'm just saying that now that it's the federal government that said now hey sports gambling is legal on a state-by-state basis now i think it's going to become more widespread in the open to where, yes, there's going to be that integrity issues and you want to know the academic honesty and, hey, are you really in it for the money or are you in it because you love the game or you have to make a quick buck? There's going to be all these kinds of questions raised, but it does you know, bring into the forefront of the conversation. Of, but think about it, though, David, now that this rule is coming into effect and you're bringing this up, I think people are going to start looking more and more at the line. So it might be not a good idea. And, and and I've heard on other talk shows that people have said that like, well, I doubt the big programs are going to be affected because they already make a whole bunch of money, and we already know that a lot of the players on those bigger teams, you know, they get some kind of compensation. But the mid majors and smaller level Division One schools, they'll probably think, well, we won't get caught because we don't get any attention. And then you know, you might get a kid that, um. You know, usually at those lower levels, majority of them play for the passion. But, you know, you might get a kid that doesn't make a lot of, you know, family doesn't have a lot of money. And someone will probably throw, a, you know, a large amount at them and say, you know, do this. And, you know, you can make this money if you do this point shaving. But I think, though, it'll it, it'd be kind of hard to do that because, like I said, now with everything going on, I think people are going to keep a good keen eye on what's going on. I mean that's a that's a huge like, risk. You know, one wants to be known as the the point shaver or the or the or the gambler on the team. You know that had, look at the UT incident that we had. A lot of people, a lot of those guys were saying, "Uh, uh-uh, I didn't do." It. You know, some of them eventually came clean, but at first it was you know, uh, uh-uh. uh. You you just don't want to be labeled because you know it's embarrassing to know that you possibly were trying to fix a game where your teammates were trying to win and you were just being selfish. Yeah, and I, and I think it's gonna be more. Or, not prevalent, but more common and regular at those small schools because, you know, their departments aren't, you know, these high levels. Like, I'm thinking, say, for example, like a school like Drake or a school like Buffalo or a school like, you know, Southern Illinois, where it's small enough to where our, the national spotlight aren't going to be on them, especially thinking about, you know, March Madness, where you know everyone and their grandmother is in a pool somewhere that you know that 413 matchup that 512 matchup some of those you know some of those matches that we see every year like oh we know that that's going to be an update because it's a 512 throw a little money into it now it's like 
hey, now you have even more incentive to, hey, go out there and win this game because not only is it going to advance me more on the tournament and give my team this national exposure, hey, now all of a sudden I get a little change in my pocket for beating, you know, this four or five seed. Like, that's, that's enticing for, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old. Like, hey, here's, you know, $1,000, know, $1, $1,500. Go do, you know, go do whatever the illegal activity is that's not legal in terms of with the game. And again, it, it all does come back to academic integrity. And out of, you know, a group of 15 kids, one or two, maybe, in that group. Yeah, that potential. But it could be that one or two, whether they're, you know, the star of the team or the guy that you know, is just riding the bench and may have a one-shining moment. They can make the world a difference. Uh, yeah, that 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 is true. Um, I, I really think though. I, I've always thought that the rules was kind of weird though. How like how come only in Vegas you could sport, you know, bet on sport, you know, sports gambling. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's kind of been going on for years. I, I it, it's not going to change anything as far as it, I think more or less now it's more of an illegal way, and it's going to be able to be taxed now and maybe a little bit regulated, so to speak. Um, people still probably gonna still go to Johnny Knuckles with their bookie and stuff like that. Um, uh, one guy brought up. I know I was listening to CBS Sports Radio. You know, with with this situation here, you got to put the cash up right away when you're making your bets. You know, with some of the other bookies, maybe Johnny Knuckles, they give you credit. You know, okay, I'll you know I'll give you a little leeway. But when it's time to pay up and you don't have the money, you know that's when people get caught up and, and get into the bad situations. But um, it kind of reminds me of when the casinos came to Ohio and people were saying that, well, if you bring a casino to Ohio, there's going to be a lot of poverty and crime and people are going to become gambling addicts and this and that and all this negativity that went on. And then you brought the casinos to Ohio and, you know, none of that stuff has gone on. I mean, it pretty much has brought in some revenue to the, the state instead of people leaving to go to other states to go gamble you can stay in you know in your own home state so now that they've 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 trying to change this rule up i kind of think that you know it, it takes a little bit of the dirty stigma off of it yeah and i think having for those that and of course we want to make sure that we preface everything by if you have a gambling addiction like this is bad for you because now if you're in a state that's going to have legalized sports betting like this is just going to fuel the addiction so again like for those that are not kind of plagued by gambling addiction, it does give an opportunity like, hey, now I can go to my local racetrack or go, you know, wherever, go to the local casino and say, hey, let me, I got this game on, or there's a game on tonight, let me throw 20 down, you know, 10 or $20 just, you know, and not feel as though, like you said, I feel that pressure of, uh, oh, he's gambling, ooh, you know. Like, why would he gamble away his money? Why would he throw away his money? But now it's with kind of the potential for millions upon millions, plus the billions of dollars that's just sitting out there, kind of in, you know, illegal in the shadows pockets now that it's coming back to the state. Now you're going to see more, not open 
gambling to where people are just going to be like, hey, yeah, I'm gambling. I'm proud of it. But it's going to be more like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a casual gambler. I gamble here or there. You know, college football game here, NFL game here. Again, events like the Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals, March Madness, those are always going to have your gamblers, regardless of, you know, whatever level. They'll go out to Vegas to place a bet, or they'll do the, you know, offshore gambling websites and whatever. So it just creates more avenues and more potential for the localized gambler to really have an imprint in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. What, I, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, like I said, I, 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 you know, I, I just think that I hopefully people just don't keep it thinking that it's gonna be a a, a dark thing. That's all I'm saying. I think that people have to keep kind of open minded about it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And and go from there. Yeah, and I think I think the more and more that kind of people get accustomed to the sports betting and kind of many reports as soon as the Supreme Court ruling came out, like it would within 32 states, it would you know be seen within five years. So there's still enough time here for people to get acclimated with the idea. Like I know in New Jersey, like they're already setting up shop like now. Like they're like, hey, we're going to make sure that by the finals we can try to have something in place. So in some states, they're really accelerating. But you know, when you think about going to Atlantic City, when you think about going to New Jersey in general, like you can already gamble there. So it's just a matter of okay, now there's more place for you to gamble there. But yeah, I think with any kind of new vice, it's a matter of getting a feel for it, getting custom, and then knowing your own limits and knowing, hey, if you win once or twice, like Vegas, at some point you got to sell your. You know, tell yourself, hey, I got to stop. I got to slow down or else, you know, one bad bet or in the case of that Golden State Houston game, if they keep following at the end of the game because they know that over-under line is slowly approaching, then what can you do? Yeah, that that, that that's totally true, David. Anything else on uh, what you think about this? Uh, I, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking about the four major sports or the four major sports, but then I'm thinking gambling is really probably going to take off within the soccer community in terms of MLS because around Europe in particular, you know, they have gambling at the stadiums. Open gambling is, you know, they have machines right in the facility where you can gamble. So I think soccer is really going to benefit from having on-site gambling for the longest time. I'm, you know, all week I've been trying to think of, like, how can you gamble on hockey or baseball? Because, like, in hockey, yeah, you can, you know, go straight winners. You can go over, under on goals. But in baseball, it's a, like, it's a crapshoot in baseball. Like, even in the playoffs, you're like, oh, you know, oh, this team is, has you know, 80, 90 wins, or this team has, you know, 105 wins. Oh, this is still super serious. And then they get shut out. You know, and then losing five. Like, I think baseball is going to be the hardest in terms of the gambling community and really kind of not embracing gambling, but like, it's going to be the diehard, diehards that are betting on baseball in a way. And again, thinking about the Black Sox, like, we've seen illegal activity in baseball. So 
could this give more potential for you know players to bet on baseball? You know, this brings up again Pete Rose. Now that sports gambling is legal, what do we do with Pete Rose? What do you mean? Nah, that was. I mean, <laughs> that's um. Well, no, the rule wasn't. It, once again, you can't bet. I mean, even though it's legal. It's it's in the player's contract. I mean, yeah, stuff can be certain. You know, for instance, you know, in certain areas, marijuana is legal, but you still can't smoke marijuana while you know it could be a banned substance in the league. Same thing with, uh, you know, certain things that you know could be legal, but you you just can't use them at a place of employment. They're not gonna let people start betting on their own games. I mean, come on, that's that's just now that's just kind of crazy. There, I mean, that's just. They're gonna now. I I do think it's kind of under you know weird that some of these pro sports teams now want to get in the, their hand in the pie and say they want an integrity fee and, and all this other stuff. But yeah, the, the Pete Rose thing that that's null and void. What he did he did in the past and back then that wasn't legal for you to do. So he's still gonna be punished. It's not like you're gonna reverse something because now all of a sudden, twenty five years later or, or later. You know, he, he's now, you know, the rule has changed. Well, you know, now you can bet on sports. No, he what he did was illegal back then, and that's where it should be. He should still have his ban. But I still think, though, they're probably going to let him in the Hall of Fame once he passes away. That's just something to get back at someone. But, no, you, they're, they're, they're this, if someone's trying to bet, in, bet on their own games, you know, that's a little going a little absurd. Well, and the reason, reason I bring up betting, though, thinking about the baseball betting, is I was listening to a conversation or an interview that Marie Smith of the NFLPA did. And when the question was asked, you know, how are you going to revisit and, you know, the players, kind of the player bargaining for the CBA for the NFL that's getting ready to come up. And he said he doesn't know whether kind of betting on football players, like actual players gambling, like how that will be addressed. And so, you think an NFL billion-dollar business, if they're having legitimate conversations about, hey, does this mean that we can let our players gamble? Now, whether they'll bet on NFL games, they'll probably agree not, you know, just taking common sense and logically. But then if you have in-game, like, can football players openly gamble on baseball, basketball, college football? Like it just creates this pen, you know, Pandora's box to where kind of this, like, what do you do with professional athletes? Because if again, if it's legal within the state, and yes, there's all this, you know, league versus federal government conversation that's going to go back and forth, which is why many of the leagues want to do these regulations. It's something that's going to be you know brought up over and over again. It's like, so hey. We're regular citizens too. Yes, we're athletes, but you know, we want to gamble. Why can't we gamble? And then it's going to get into this big, long, drawn-out fight to where can athletes gamble? To what extent? Can you only do it in the off season? Well, David, uh, I, I don't. I, I kind of think you're going to you're reaching a little bit. I mean, l- l- let's be honest. Okay, yeah, players gamble. I mean, come on. They gamble in the clubhouse. They gamble in the in, in, in the locker rooms. It, it's competitive nature, especially at pro sports. Those guys are pretty much very, very, very competitive. But if you meet enough athletes and you know them, you know that they're not going to bet on their own games. It's just That's just the stigma. 
I mean, yeah, is there guys out there that are probably thirsty and do things that aren't really appropriate? Yeah, there is, you know, once in a while. But majority of athletes, they might do some betting. It might be on other sports, probably during the offseason. But I don't really see it where someone's going to be saying, you know, calling someone up on the phone and saying, okay, you place the bets for me, and if we win, I give you a little bit of a cut, and and if you lose, I'll pay it through you. And it's not, I I just don't see that really happening where guys would really put their careers on the line and almost get, you know, blacklisted for doing something like that. I I really think that that, that's kind of like far-fetched and kind of reaching. I mean, could it be a possibility? But then I said those possibilities could be, you know, small and far in between. Yeah, but I mean, again, thinking about, kind of that that scenario that you brought up. Hey, I'm going to call up so-and-so who's playing in this game. Let me throw, you know, 10 grand on this game. And, you know, like that, that potential is there. Again, I'm, it goes back to the integrity. And when you're pro athlete, you're thinking about, Hey, this is my job. This is my livelihood. This is putting food on the table for my kids, family. So there's a lot more incentive in the NFL where it's, you know, you're not guaranteed that next contract. You're honestly thinking about, you know, Ryan Shazier, you're not guaranteed to finish the game. So you have to think about that safety issue. You got to think about that concern. You got to think of the long-term projection outlook. Yeah, But but David, though, I mean, you're, you're, I understand what you're saying, looking out for the long term, but are you going to really risk your career for a couple extra dollars because you're a professional? I mean, some people are saying this, David, professional, I can understand the college sports because some of those kids aren't getting paid and some of them are probably going to be greedy. But if you're making so much money already as it is as a professional athlete, why would you put your integrity on the line? for a couple extra dollars, which is, you know, I mean, obviously thousands of dollars for us, but for them, with them making millions and some even close to maybe eventually getting, you know, a, a quarter of or half a billion, why would you do that just to make a couple extra dollars? Well, I mean, from a logical standpoint, it doesn't make sense, but there's always that one or two players that has that, I guess, whether it's addiction or you've seen instances of, you know, players going broke, so they blow all their money, you know, helping out everyone else. So now it's like, hey, I'm, you know, my wallet's getting a little low from, you know, helping out the entire village. Let me recoup some of this myself. So, I mean, again, these are the rare instances. I'm just saying the, the potential and the possibility is out there. And you just, like, do I expect NFL players to gamble on football? No. So I think it's more likely where it's baseball, like especially thinking about the minor, you know, AAA, AA affiliates. Yeah, it'll probably happen down there because they're not making the multi, multi-million dollars. And most of those, you know, are coming straight out of college or even you know, straight out of high school into the farm system. So there are those rare exceptions. But I think there's, like, I'm not going to be surprised if, but then five or ten years, we hear at least one or two rumblings about, like, hey, this is starting to become a problem. Let's address this in the next CBA. And that becomes a major sticking point moving forward. 
No, okay. I, like I said, I could, I could, I could totally agree with that. Um, uh, like I said, I, 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 I think that's just kind of, you know, kind of crazy how, how it is. But you know, hey. Um. But I think some of the some of the things you brought up are good are good points. They are very good points. But I think also I look at it, I guess maybe from an overall umbrella access, and I think that maybe some of the points you're bringing up maybe might get stretched just a little bit. Any final points? Uh, hopefully, I mean, being down here in Columbus, you know, people are going to bet on Ohio State games like crazy. So hopefully, they don't lose a whole lot of money when Ohio State fails in the playoffs again. <laughs> Well, I mean, like I said, this stuff is already. I just think it's. I just think that that's that stuff is already, already happening. You know what I'm saying? I think that now it's just they're just a matter of time that they wanted to tax it and they wanted to, you know, make some money of it and kind of like I said, get rid of the the underground stigma about it. I think that's one of the main reasons why they passed this. Yeah, the NCAA is going to have a long conversation about players and gambling. So, cool. Mark Emmer do out a job to do. Oh yeah, 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 they do. All right, um, David, what's the what's the next thing that you're trying to look at? I'm gonna talk a little NBA, you know, that whole LeBron thing and what's happening in the West. So, and I texted you earlier in the week. I think James Harden is in a lot more trouble than LeBron James. Oh, ooh, listen to listen to this man right here now. All of a sudden, you coming up with teases now, uh, Mister uh, Mister Harris? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, don't don't be surprised. And in a week, we'll come back and be like, yeah, maybe he was right. All right, right now I'm actually uh, looking at the draft combine, but we'll talk a little bit of NBA playoffs and we we'll get the the theory behind the thought of what. David the Man and God Harris was talking about. Well, make sure you check us out on WSUT's uh, podcast. Uh, you can get us at SoundCloud, WSUT's After Further Review, or just After Further Review on iTunes. When we return, David the Man and God Harris expands on some of his thoughts concerning the NBA playoffs, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We'll be back after this. Mm-hmm. 